Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast was brought to you by Dragon Shield. Use code PLAYTOWIN5 at the affiliate link down below for 5% off to help support the show. Welcome to the Play to Win podcast, where we talk about winning in CEDH. I'm Cam. I'm Dylan. I'm Tyler. And this week is a very important week because it is the Ixalan, Return to Ixalan, Lost Caverns of Ixalan set review. Dinosaurs, vampires, merfolk, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Is it just those three? Conquistadors. And more. More. Yes. And whatever the hell Descend is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We'll try to <laughs> we'll figure those out. things out today. There's so many new mechanics in the set. There's a lot of new stuff to talk about, and we have too many cards to talk about, so we're just going to dive right in. We're talking about just CDH cards, just cards that we think will see play in popular-ish CDH decks. Yeah, these have a chance of seeing play in CEDH. Yeah, will see play is a strong... I guess a you might be right. There might, yeah. There's a few cards on this list that will see play. Yeah. And the longer we talk about them, the more of a chance it has of seeing play. That's true. Let's or the funnier they are. Okay. That's also true. Should we continue to explain what we're going to do, or should we jump in? Jump right into it. Come on, Vominos, everybody, let's go. We're going to start off with... Oh, if you see. want to pause... It's on the list. Do you I have want it up. To, you, I have it the up The pronunciation already. guide? Okay. I, just, I just paused. Did you say pronunciation guide? There the is a pronunciation one. guide. We're going to try yeah, hard everyone, as hell. Everyone to, who tuned in to watch me fuck up the names, like, you're going to be really disappointed. We're going to give it our best shot. First card we're going to talk about is Anim Pakal, Thousandth Moon. This is one, a red, and a white for a 1-2 legendary creature, human soldier. It says whenever you attack with one or more non-gnome creatures, put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. Then create X-1-1 colorless gnome artifact creature tokens that are tapped and attacking where X is the number of plus one, plus one counters on Anim Pakal. This is an Armina can. I'm not sure how great the rate is, but I know Winota likes effects like this. It creates attackers that will trigger Winota. It seems in the ballpark, maybe. I'm not sure. I was wondering why it cared about non-gnome creatures, but then I continued reading. It makes it, a lot of it, sense it now. It makes gnome creatures, which are non-human creatures that trigger Winota. They look like golems in the art, though. Outside of Winota, I'm not really sure it sees much play elsewhere. I don't know what other commanders are looking for this type of effect, and I'm not even sure if Winota needs another one of these or if this is a better rate than some of the other ones that already exist, but it seems close. All right, the next one we're going to talk about is Bartolome del Presidio. This is the vampire, right? This is the vampire, yeah. This is a white and a black for a 2-1 vampire legendary creature knight. 
That's jumbled, but you get the point. Uh, you can sacrifice another creature or artifact to put a plus one, plus one counter on him. It's a sack outlet in the command zone in Orzov, which we haven't had before. No, we that, haven't. We've only something. had the other side of combo activators right. with like a, a blood artist effect, as in Elias Core. Yeah. This time we have the flip side, the enabler. I'm not exactly sure what this is going to do, but probably be part of a combo piece if it's used in a CDH capacity. I'm not sure. The normal rate that you want for your sacrifice outlets is one. Yeah. So this is twice that. But being able to put it in the command zone is very different. I saw um, a, a friend, Chen, was trying to put together like a, a stacks list where the idea was that you can sacrifice the stacks to it to get out from under it. Yeah, that's kind of um, nice. There's maybe something to that. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that it's stronger than other stacks options. Yeah. But there's um, there's definitely space there, and having access to um, a powerful thing that many combos need in the command zone is pretty good. The other cards that like are tickling my brain for this are the Rectors, Academy Rector and Arena Rector. Yeah. I don't know if there's like a specific line, a specific enchantment that you want in black, white. Humility is, again, the first thing I think yeah. of. Ooh, but okay. um, the only problem with this is that it doesn't break parity on Humility the way that, like, Ishai yeah. and Tevish do specifically. Sure. But if you're already ahead and can continuously, like, if you have another advantage piece in play, like, finding Humility on a whim or finding some other kind of... Maybe Necropotence. Yeah. Maybe go find Necropotence or something. Go for like a big win after that. Yeah, that could be something. That could be something. I'm yeah. seeing where you're going with that. Yeah. I like that. That's just a cool thought. Cool yeah. thought. Nice that thought. Was yeah. And vampires are sweet. Vampires are dope. Yeah. There's so many good vampires that are going in my casual Edgar deck. I wish we could talk about them today, but they're just good in a casual We would vampire have to do sense. a whole separate podcast that's <sighs> just new cards for Edgar. Which we could do. We could do it. We could. We could. Let's talk about CDH cards. All right. Yeah. Let's go back. Let's talk about some pirates because this is another creature type that's just getting more inflated this did set. I, I, didn't, I didn't say pirates in the beginning. I knew there was a fourth one, right? I thought you did say no, pirates. No, I said vampires, dinosaurs, merfolk, and, and, pirates. I, and I didn't say pirates. That's the fourth one. Yeah, Long John Silver. Okay. <laughs> Which pirate is this that we're talking about? Well, not him. We're going to talk about Breaches instead. This is Breaches Eager Pillager. This is two and a red for a 3-3 legendary goblin pirate. It's got first strike, and whenever a pirate you control attacks, Choose one that hasn't been chosen this turn. You can either create a treasure token, have target creature unable to block this turn, or exile the top card of your library and you can play it this turn. Yeah, this one's really strong. This is basically like Malcolm Plus, except without the flying. There's a little bit more options and you don't have multiple colors in your command zone like you would with Malcolm. Um, but this does something similar to what other CDH cards are looking to do. The fact that it has uh, several different things. You can go for card advantage or mana if you need it. It works with other pirates, right? So if you're playing a Malcolm deck, maybe this goes in the 99. I'm thinking that like the blue-red pirates decks, or really just the blue-red Malcolm decks in general, are just going to want to start to sway towards pirates the more and more like really good value engines they get like this and correct me if i'm wrong is this like whenever a pirate attacks so if you attack with malcolm and this you can select two of the abilities right how is it worded? yeah whenever a pirate you control attacks so oh, yeah that's pretty great each, yeah each pirate will get its own trigger so yeah. if you have ragavan in play in addition to those other two cards we mentioned yep. 
Bada bing, bada boom. You can get all three of these triggers now. Yeah, there. That's that's true. There's, once enough synergies like this builds up, where these cards are like good on their own, but still really work well with other cards you already want to play, we might be getting to a point where like a, a pirate deck is actually like for real good in CDH with many pirates in it. Because right now the pirate deck I feel like has like two or three. I think there's a pretty reasonable chance this we'll see play in Malcolm Kedis, like just Ooh, sure. the two color Malcolm list. Yeah, that's I'm not kind of sure where, where else went. it slots in like easily, but but at least that deck I think I think it's probably worth a try. Yeah. I wonder if um malcolm tana i know that's a deck that sees some play that's like a pirate a team or pirates deck i wonder if that one plays this i feel like any malcolm deck i i, I would be looking at this card this new Breaches. i mean between like lindhorn buccaneer and uh dockside extortionist like there's at least four pirates yeah. this is the fifth pirate in your deck so you could probably pretty consistently trigger more than one of these abilities yeah. when you go to attack and there's a couple of one mana ones with flying that are not half bad that you could also include Yo, that true. give you extra triggers so, yep bingo so I think this one's good. Dauntless Dismantler is one and a white for a 1-4 human artificer. It has two abilities that say artifacts your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped, and you can play XX and a white and sacrifice it to destroy each artifact with mana value X. This card's good. This yeah. is loaded. This is the first one I think we know is going to see play in many decks, not just one. The fact that it does the most important part of blind obedience, particularly when it comes to having your opponent's treasures come in tapped, which makes winning turns very difficult um, and... Um, like you know sh shuts down a couple other things incidentally as well and then also has the ability to kill problem artifacts very strong yeah this is blind obedience plus meltdown on a one four body that can block najila and timna that can attack for timna this card's great i'm definitely going to put in probably most of my white decks for now it's going to be like a, an auto staple until it's proven bad to me um, but I don't think it's going to be proven bad. There's a surprisingly large amount of decks that are trying to loop artifacts as part of their win condition. So having access to a card like this is absolutely perfect. I mean, I'm playing Blood Pot and Tivit right now, and I'm definitely playing it in both of those ones. Any deck that's looking to be just a little bit mid-rangey to controlling, if you're not turbo, and if you're in white, you're probably not turbo. This, yeah, this is uh, this is going for me. I don't know if Blue Farm finds room for this, but the slower Blue Farm gets, the more appealing Maybe. this is. Yeah, I don't know. Does Blue? I don't know that Blue Farm. I don't think it's on Blind Obedience, so I think it probably doesn't have a slot for this. Yeah, but it's close. I mean, I wouldn't fault you for giving it a shot in Blue Farm. Honestly, just seeing what it's like. It's arguably better than Blind Obedience because Blind Obedience doesn't get in for damage and cards in blue farm and the destroying part like that's real that that's being, real yeah, i being, mean you're gonna you have a lot of zero mana artifacts I that guess. you're using for more mana especially because you're in color combinations that don't have access to carpet of flowers or like other ways to make mana besides your artifacts so i don't know how much like you want to keep destroying things but just like shutting off other people's access to mana vault and their loops yeah kind of I mean, nice. you sacrifice it to do that so you get to destroy things once only one time yeah but it only takes one time for your mana vault to get or your right, mana right, right. crypt to get destroyed for you to not have it anymore. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I think relative to blind obedience, it's worth saying that blind obedience is easier to interact with on the stack, but this is easier to interact with on the board. Like this, you know, yeah. someone with a bowmasters who is determined can like kill this thing or you know something yeah. like that. Very determined. That four toughness yeah. is gonna be I, very I seen. I fucking applaud them if they need to get rid of this <laughs> instead of something else at that point. Yeah, yeah. But either way, great card. I think. Yeah, for sure. definitely. Here's a bonkers card. This is Galta. A stampede tyrant this is five and three green for a 12 12 elder legendary dinosaur it is trample and when it enters the battlefield put any number of creature cards from your hand onto the battlefield this is just a one-sided 
Necrogenesis. What's the name of that card? I, I don't know what that card is, but I need... Hypergenesis. Ta- Hypergenesis. That's the but card. I feel like we need Tyler to explain why he's probably not putting this card in Kinnon, even though I want him to. There yeah. is no chance I will even test it. No. Not, no chance whatsoever. <laughs> I don't it's, think it's good. It's not good, yeah. It's just you're not going to have enough of them in your hand to make it worth it. Yeah, flipping into it like means if, if you're trying to flip into it in Kinnon, means that you're just hoping that you have the big creatures in your hand, which you actively don't want the rest of the time. So, like... Uh, um, you know, many Kinnon lists are still on Brainstorm and stuff like that in order to get the creatures back out of your hand where you don't want them until you have a ton of mana. Um, and doing nothing else impactful to the board, nothing that slows your opponents down, it's just, it's it's a risk. I think it's a very high variance card. And like the ceiling is really high. You know, if you have a hand packed with um, giant creatures, that's the moment for it. Like, there you go. But a lot of the time it can just do nothing and be a huge body. And that is just an unacceptable floor. Yeah, it sucks in Kinnon, but it seems great in Selvala. Like sure. My yeah. thought, my thought is that with Sovala in play, like you play something else that gets you to draw a bunch of cards. Like let's say you have a life's legacy or something, you sacrifice Lupine prototype or whatever. You slam this thing down then with Sovala mana, and then now all of a sudden, all the cards that you just drew off of your big draw spell, now you just get into play in addition to all this other stuff. So yeah, I mean, I feel like the point of Sovala is kind of that it you get into loops where you're just going to be able to make all the mana you need anyway. So like being able to play this stuff for free from your hand, I'm not sure that's as strong as it sounds like on paper, but I think it's an interesting use case in Savala's deck where it might be worth trying out. It seems like just one of those things that you just, like an Underworld Breach line for a mono green deck where you just now piece together like two untapped triggers on the stack. You're using Silvala. It draws you, I guess only one card at that point, but you can still make like additional mana then at that point. And it gets 12 power, so. I just want to clarify also so that when this enters, you can put any number of creatures. Is that what it says? Any number of them. Any number of creatures. So I, I am not sure what this card does yet. I don't know if it goes in Sovala. I don't think it goes in Kinnon. But that feels very broken to me. Any number of creatures from your hand feels breakable. I'm not sure how. But if any of these decks that try to accumulate... 30 cards in their hand like Savala can I guess Savala doesn't draw a big clumps like that but any decks that are looking to do that this lets you like just cast the one thing and then dump everything out I don't know what this card does but the fact that it says any number that feels like it's breakable somehow it's a shame that that in theory the best thing you could do with it is have a giant Adnaz hand have something to discard it to and reanimate it but it costs eight so you'll never put it in an Adnaz deck <laughs> right yeah exactly it needs to be some type of like creature based like pretend Adnazim deck that does something like Adnazim maybe like the with the power draw effects and then dumps everything in i don't know let's talk about a blue card now this is kite sail larcenist this is two and a blue for a two three human creature pirate i don't know why but i keep putting the type of card it is in the middle of the creature type human creature pirate (laughs) human creature pirate yeah this is flying in ward one something you'll forget all the time and when it enters the battlefield for each player Choose up to one other target artifact or creature that player controls for as long as Kite Sail Larcenist remains on the battlefield. The chosen permanent become treasure artifacts with the treasure text and lose all other abilities. Yeah, dude, this card is kind of interesting. One, this kind of acts as removal for three things, right? Three different players if you wanted to, sort of. Um, It can kind of get rid of commanders. I mean, they can just sacrifice their commander for a treasure and then recast it, but still, it's like, I think, a good way to... That's bad for them. That's horrible for them. Right, yeah. And it's also important to note that you can, like, target your own things, too. So you can target a Grim Monolith or a Mana Vault that you're not using anymore and just get some of the mana back and turn it into a treasure. I think that's pretty great. 
Um, this card has, it does a lot of little things pretty well at a kind of an expensive mana. Three mana for removal is a lot. And to only get rid of three things for that amount of mana, like normally your toxic deluges are getting rid of 10 things. Your your other removal spells that are three mana that get rid of a lot of stuff are giving rid of a ton. Um, Fire Covenant, that'll get rid of a ton of stuff. Or this one as much, but this is on a flying body, right? This is a flyer, a 2-3 flyer. Yeah, so you can make use of this with Timna and other shit like that. A lot of little small synergies. I like this one a lot. I was going to say that like specifically because it's not one-for-one one removal and it effectively does hit all of your opponents, it is effectively one-for-one one removal in yeah. CEDH for that reason, which is really the bare minimum of something that you want to see. Probably the, the most salient thing here is that it hits the One Ring, which is indestructible and otherwise very Ooh. hard to interact with. I didn't even think about that. Neither did I. That's I'm great. glad we have Tyler here That's today. That's very important. Yeah, <laughs> Probably wow. the most important part of the game. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> that honestly. card's annoying. I don't know if you have seen, probably at this point you've seen our most recent video with Kevin, our game two. It's the one where we all had the ring out by turn three and it was fucking insane. You'll understand exactly exactly why how important it is to have ways to get the ring off the battlefield so kaito larcenist actually i think is a pretty good chance of seeing play in like malcolm timna decks uh this is it's another pirate right so this just also goes into your two color malcolm decks that we were just talking about and is actually like a real pirate that could do real things i am bummed that it's a human though i have to say no mm. no kin and flips on yeah. this yeah would no you play it if it was a non-human in Kinnon? As it is now, I think I'm not going to run it at first and wait to see what other people say about it, and then I'll consider adding it in. If it was a non-human, I would probably be testing it myself. That's how I test 99% of cards, is <laughs> see what other people say about it. Yeah. I'm going to stick with what I know. I'm going to agree with people who I value their opinions. <laughs> All right, so the next card we're going to talk about is Cutsil. Cutsil Malament Explorer. Exemplar. That's a real word, and I didn't even know that one. So this is one, a green, and a white for a 3-3 legendary creature cat warrior. It says your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. Bingo. Wee-woo-wee-woo. We got something. Yep. Oh, don't. Just you wait, because whenever one or more creatures you control each with power greater than its base power deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. That part feels less relevant, but the first part, a Grand Abolisher for three mana, feels very relevant. I love that. A Grand Abolisher that's going to incidentally draw you cards if you are also playing like Noble Hierarch for Exalted or something like or, that. Yep. Like there's going to be ways that it's going to be easy for you to get in sometimes. It's not going to happen much, but sometimes. Since you said Grand Abolisher, let's make sure we cover the ways in which this is not Grand Abolisher because it does not turn your opponents off from abilities. They can activate abilities of whatever the hell they like. So this is not the total lockdown that Grand Abolisher is where the only thing they can do is activate abilities of lands, basically. It's just actual silence yeah. on yeah. it for your this turn. Is, this is just silence. Um, can't cast spells. So um, that is the main difference apart from it also being three mana. I do wonder about it as a commander though. Like I don't know if we've had this type of effect in the command zone before and the fact that it can also draw cards is kind of interesting for like a stacks deck that's looking at just like stacks out the board but want to make sure all of our stacks pieces resolves and then you can afford to play like five to ten things that will boost your power which will also help you kill your opponents which is great this might be one of those commanders that like tricks you into playing good magic by just the way that it is constructed it yeah. tells you to play the game in a good way um so i'm interested to see what that looks like so right now all of my decks that play white for like 95 percent of the time i'm autoing including Grand Abolisher, Ranger Captain of Eos, and Silence into all of my white decks. Definitely. In the decks that can also play Cutsill, is this an auto-include in those decks because of this ability? Or is this something that because of the mana cost and the fact that it doesn't grab Esper Sentinel, 
specifically. Yeah, I wouldn't play this in Blood Pod, which is the only comparison I have right now uh, where I could play this, and I, I don't think I will. It is close, but I just, for three mana, I need the thing to be very impactful. And I don't know yeah. that. I'm also not playing Grand Abolisher in Blood in Blood Pod because you just, it, it, there's Vexing Shusher and there's other things. It's not that type of deck. I'm not looking to explode on one turn. Um, so I don't know, which is kind of, if it doesn't go in, like, what other deck would play it, I wonder. Thrasios Bruce is like the, oh, okay. the, the, best use case because it is often trying to win with like a dockside loop type combo on its turn that it yeah. needs to defend and because it's already very built for tutoring out creatures um so that i feel like that might be the best use case what about rocco would rocco be something you can tutor for when you want to you'd probably tutor for grand abolisher first but grand abolisher or ranger captain i would rather tutor for in any case really yeah because ranger captain is nice that you can use it defensively on someone else's turn to stop them from winning too this doesn't have any of that kind of tech what if you're in a deck where you're playing intuition and you want to be able to find three creatures that have silence effects stapled onto them so now you, you can now you can do that right but why do they need to be creatures i mean wouldn't you just because find silence in ranger Captain? what if you know your opponent has a swan song you know what i mean so they need it can't be a silence it has to be a creature that protects they you. would have used the swan song on the intuition that is you are true about but that something you are, something that you have reanimate in your hand or something like there's something, gonna be something. reasons yeah like there's it <laughs> this was such a big what if like yeah. they're, they're, it's, it's they're good so that the, yeah it's good that the white green decks have an option a third option now for a creature that's better than dosen of the falling leaf and i think that's all that matters that's true the mono green decks i'm sorry yes still have to deal with that but like at least the decks that were like begrudgingly running Dosin might not have to do that anymore, yeah. which is really good to see. Ikra Krom still plays Dosin last I checked and doesn't get to play this. But either way, we can move on. We've talked about this card too I much. I think it probably won't actually see play. Let's talk about a card that might see play here. This is one in a blue for a 2-1 legendary creature Siren Pirate. What card is this? You have to guess the card because I didn't say the name. This is a Malcolm. This is another Malcolm, right? Yeah, this yeah. is Malcolm Alluring Scoundrel. Another pirate. Let's keep that in mind. Flash and flying. Whenever Malcolm deals combat damage to a player, put a chorus counter on it. Draw a card, then discard a card. If there are four or more chorus counters on Malcolm, you may cast the discarded card without paying its mana cost. That is big apple or a carrot at the end of the stick. A lot of hoops you have to jump through. I saw a little bit of chatter about this card, which is kind of why I think we should talk about it, but I'm not sure that it's going to be that great. So right now, the thing that I hate the most about it is that it has one toughness. Yeah. And how many times <laughs> have I talked about not wanting to play value engines that, especially value engines that take four turns to do yeah. something really cool. Five turns because it doesn't have haste. That's yeah, true. Five, five turns. turns. To me, that's an eternity. Four, though, it does have that's flash. That's an eternity. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. That's an eternity. Honestly, here's where i'm at with this like if, if if anyone was interested in running this they would still be on ledger shredder like if the if the draw discard was was good enough of a thing just on its own so and I, it is because ledger shredder i think is still like a decently good card especially in underworld breach decks what about as a commander this one as a commander just like card selection like a little jace i don't think mono blue is that great and it yeah. has better options than this i mean yeah. you can do better things in mono blue than just okay I can play my two-mana commander, and then maybe on turn two, I can loot once. Right, and then on turn three, I'll loot again, and then on turn four, I'll loot again, and then on turn five, I'll loot again, and on that time... Oh, no, on turn five, you will lose to someone else who is playing a better deck. Oh, there, okay, never mind. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't think that this is like a value engine that I'm actively looking for, except maybe in this blue-red Malcolm deck that we keep talking about that could be really good if you just jam pirates and breaches in there, but maybe. Outside of that, like, I'm not really looking to replace anything in blue farm with this. As a commander, I think I like even Jace Varin's Prodigy a little bit better in mono blue, because at least it kind of does card advantage, but works as like a pseudo combo piece with high tide okay moving on the next card is o'hare ashenel deepest might this is two and two red for a legendary creature god it's a four four with trample it says if a red source you control would deal an amount of non-combat damage less than its power to an opponent that source deals damage equal to o'hare's power instead when o'hare axenel dies return it to the battlefield tapped and transformed under its owner's control and it transforms into temple of power which is a land that taps for red and you can tap it for two and a red to transform it activate it only if red sources you control dealt four or more non-combat damage this turn and only as a sorcery i'm fucking exhausted can we we take a five can we take a five (laughs) i need a cigarette i don't I don't know if this card's even going to be that great, but I think we've gotten a lot of these like damage multiplier effects recently, and I'm kind of interested in this one. This makes cards like Electricery for two mana deal four damage to each creature your opponent controls. It's pretty good. It doesn't because it's just to an opponent. So an Electricery that's dealing damage to creatures, it won't do. This it card only stinks. works like if you're dealing <laughs> non-combat damage to an opponent. Mm, stinks. I didn't oh, know that. I take back what I said. Yeah, this is just like trying to make tour brand work in CDH. There's a lot of cards like uh, Pin Drop and like um, End the Festivities that will deal one damage okay. to each opponent. And then that way you can deal four. So yeah, like if maybe. you want to if you want to do burn, this is probably better than Tor Brand, but um let's move on. If you want to do burn, play modern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there. Modern's modern burn is good in modern. <laughs> That was my my sentence. Yep, great. And I'm sticking to it. We're going to talk about Roaming Throne. This is a four-mana artifact creature golem for a 4-4 with Ward 2. When it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type, and it is the chosen creature type in addition to its other types. Pirate. Dwarf. Goblin. If a triggered ability of another creature you control of the chosen type triggers, it triggers an additional time. Dockside. Um, Dockside is what I'm thinking about this one. I'm not sure if that's great, but that's what I'm thinking about when I see this card. Initially. I think a four mana card that is only being used as a Dockside doubler is a terrible plan. That well, you might be true. I mean, if you use it as a... So once again, I'm going to say Malcolm Kettis, because if you if you are naming Pirate and you're in a Malcolm deck, then getting two treasures off your Malcolm hits, like this is maybe appealing. I, I still I still think four is too much for this effect. Yeah. I don't I don't think it will see a play at four if this costs no, no. two maybe, but like... Does this help This your- has a home in Magda big time and changes the game okay because this does effectively what like academy manufacturer and zorn would do with magda every time magda triggers to make an artifact you make an additional one right because it's not just enter the battlefield exactly any trigger and it's an artifact dwarf it comes in names dwarf it becomes a dwarf so now it's your artifact artifact to go through your loop yeah so now on its own as you're going through the magda loop you're not only creating your tap treasure as you go through the loop you are creating your untapped treasure already this kind of changes the game. In you got to put Magda back together. I kind of want to. Yeah. This is just a, this is just a great piece that lets you take out like other dead cards now, so that you 
can fit other good cards into the deck and make it even better. And that ward too, we talk about how ward is impossible to remember ever, and now it's definitely going to come up also. Especially on like a combo piece, that's exactly yeah. where you want to see ward. It's going to feel like Tivit in that case then. Sure. It's not, but it, it, <laughs> I'm going to use that analogy anyway. Okay. Sick. So Roaming Throne, definitely sick, and I think is definitely going to see play. Maybe Niche not play in like a sure. ton of decks, but, but in some. The decks that it combos well with, it will see play in. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Here's a card I'm not too sure about. This is Scythe Claw Raptor. This is two and a red for a 4-3 dino. It says whenever a player casts a spell, if it's not their turn, it deals four damage to them. Yeah. Baby Berkthar, kind of. Yeah, Baby yeah. Berkthar, kind of. I was close on this card. I misread it at first. If it wasn't specified to just on not their turn, I think this would obviously be much better, but... I don't know. It's it's close to this burn type of effect. If you're in mono red and you need like a silence effect, like there's going to be times where players are going to get precariously low and they're not going to want to chain a vapor your thing for value. And I, this kind of gets you into those points. But we've seen a lot of cards that like will deal damage to an opponent whenever they cast a spell or like um, mana barbs kind of stuff. And unless you're playing like Obnixilis, Captive Kingpin, those cards aren't really winning CEDH games. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're in just like worse than defense grid territory yeah i think if you have like enough of these with enough of these and you're threatening to deal eight to ten damage to your opponents whenever they cast a spell now we're talking about something real but you got to be playing a slow ass stack stack to be there and i don't know if, if that's where you are yeah i don't know if this deck exists yet but if that type of deck were ever to become good like a group slug style of low color red deck that would just deal a whole bunch of damage anytime anyone did anything this card is probably in that deck i just don't think that a deck exists yet but if it gets enough pieces maybe one day ragged draga maybe ragged draga i don't know how real ragged draga is but i keep seeing people trying it out so maybe that's a beatdown deck i think it's a card that i'm gonna look at and think about for later but not right now let's talk about the ancient one too or sleepy sam if you will this is a blue and a black for an 8-8 legendary creature spirit god it has descend eight which says uh the ancient one can't attack or block unless there are eight or more permanent cards in your graveyard that's what descend is based on your permanent cards and graveyard number it also for two a blue and a black lets you draw a card then discard a card and when you discard a card this way target player mills cards equal to its mana value so guess what this does is an infinite mana outlet that mills out your opponents is that yeah what with dramatic at? scepter yeah just like a hundred other Demir commanders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's also uh, like sort of worthwhile that you're um, you're discarding cards, so like you have access to do reanimator stuff with it, sort of. Um, but I still think this is probably just kind of a niche deck. It's a Demir deck, so it'll win games. But there's other Demir cards that will win more games, like Talion and Nimrus and things like that. But I think it's in the conversation. Like it does things that you like to see and if there's a way to abuse that big power in demure colors in the future which i think there is a card from this set that does that an artifact and i don't think it's on our list that so does I'll, what 
that it uh when it enters it works with darko it like draw cards equals to power or something it's a three minute artifact sorry that's a little bit of a side i'll try to find that in a second but if there are cards that work well with the high eight eight power or toughness of this card those cards could be used in, in this deck let's talk about the final creature this is tishana's tide binder this is two and a blue for a three two merfolk wizard with flash and when it enters the battlefield counter up to one target activated or triggered ability if an ability of an artifact creature or planeswalker is countered this way that permanent loses all abilities for as long as tishana's tidebinder remains on the battlefield for clarity mana abilities can't be targeted i don't think this card is very good but it does stop dockside and thassa's oracle so we should talk about it the reason why i thought about it was because it triggers nimrus and it prevents them from having that ability. So, like, if you if you stop Kenrith or Emil or something like that, you can stop them from getting multiple effects that they would normally generate. Yeah, it definitely it does a decent amount. Three mana for this effect. I would just rather cast a mana drain or a two mana hard counter spell that'd be able to stop anything. Probably one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess most of the upside is being able to turn off the ability for the rest of the turn. So I just I just wish it cost one less mana, was an instant, and had split second. Yeah, and then it would be called trick binds. And then it would be called trick bind, and it would and still then not. We would already have that, and yeah. we wouldn't play it. And stifle already exists. Also, I don't think stifle is very good. Really, any of these counter and activated yeah. ability kind of things or a triggered ability, I'm not into. I think it's a trap. It looks very appealing because it stops some of the main things in the format, but that's all it does. And by the time a lot of those things are being put onto the stack, there's a ton of backup. And it just, that's not the thing that you want to be stopping. You want to be interacting before it gets to this point most of the time. Helping Hand is a white mana for a sorcery that says return target creature card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. White has... Um, Unearth? Unearth. Yeah. This is white Unearth without the cycling, which is not the important part of the card anyway. Just reanimates the Dockside. That's great. We haven't had this rate on a card ever in white, so that's awesome. Yeah. So now like a Thrasios Bruise deck could do that or anything in those kind of colors. I don't think Thrasios Bruise wants this, but... Maybe Spellseeker can use this card in some type of line or something. That's I'm a not good sure. point, yeah. You know what I mean? But something maybe. I know Anala uses that effect. You're not playing white in Anala, but maybe... Molten Collapse is a red and a black for a sorcery that says choose one, but if you've descended this turn, you can choose both. Uh, by the way, if you've descended or you have descended, if a permanent card was put into your graveyard from anywhere. Destroy target creature or planeswalker or destroy target non-creature, non-land permanent with mana value one or less. To be honest, I'm not positive this will see play in our format. There's probably better options. I do think this card might see play in some other formats. Um, it's going to be a two-for-one a lot of the time. If you fetch, this is going to be a two-for-one. If you discard a permanent in any way, it's not just from the battlefield. If the permanent goes from anywhere, that's nice. Being able to kill a Soul Ring and uh, Winota or something like that might be relevant. Usually, the first thing that you target's really good, and the second thing that you target is just incidental throwaway value. Yeah. We've talked about a couple of these red-black removal spells over the years, and none of them really get very far, but they're just kind of nice options to have in case you do need some sort of value. Yeah, I think your stuff that's going to be single-target removal still has to cost one. That's just where we're at. Yeah, or be Assassin's Trophy, be able to hit anything no yeah, matter what. Yeah. Maybe Abrupt Decay, I think, is also close. Well, the timing is really bad for the next two cards that we're going to talk about then because they are both removal spells that are nowhere near as good as those things. Okay. <laughs> Bitter Triumph is one in a black for an instant that says as, a, as an additional cost to cast the spell discard a card or pay three life this destroys either a creature or a planeswalker 
This is, I think, a, a better Infernal Grasp. I just think this is probably the best terror at two mana that we've ever gotten. Destroys a creature or a Planeswalker for the cost of three life, which is mostly relevant. Or maybe you can, like, discard a Razaketh or a Villas or a World Gorger or something as You're part of it. You're flooding some extra lands. Something like that. I don't think a lot of decks are going to want it, but this is the, base, the best rate that I've seen for this effect yet, so maybe some decks will. Giving you the choice of life or the discard is really what pushes this over the top. Yeah, if you're in a play group where all three of your friends are constantly playing three minutes to say then yeah probably run this card otherwise yeah. don't <laughs> okay fair enough get lost is the next removal spell this is one in a white for an instant that destroys a creature enchantment or planeswalker and it's in its controller creates two maps and a map is an artifact with one and tap and sack it to have target creature explore at sorcery speed and explore is they look at the top card of the library, and if it's a land, they can put it in their hand or keep it there. I think you have you to have draw to put it. it. You have yeah. to keep it there. It, it goes to the battlefield, doesn't it? it? No, no, no. no. It, goes to hand? it goes to hand. Yeah. And then if uh, if if it's not a land, you can uh, surveil basically. Put Leave it, it or put it in graveyard. Leave it or put it in the graveyard, and then you get a plus one plus one counter on the creature. Also, if you don't take the land, a plus one plus one counter is a counter that. that I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so many fucking things. I know the reminder text on this yeah. card. There's it's the initial italics, <laughs> and then there's smaller italics, and then there's smaller italics, yeah. and then it explains what power and toughness is. <laughs> Yeah, this card is on, after all that probably not even good. Um, this is just an interesting rate. We've, we, I don't. This is another one that we haven't had something like this in white before. I don't think at this rate, creature or enchantment for two it's, mana. It's funny because like the one mana options only get rid of creatures. The three mana option was generous gift that got rid of everything, and now there's a two mana option that only gets rid of three kinds of things. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Maybe monocolor decks, maybe mono white deck might want this. Probably not. Let's talk about our first Jurassic Park card here. This is Permission Denied, featuring Samuel L. Jackson. Is that Wayne Knight that's also on this card? It's Newman. Is that is yeah, Newman Wayne, Wayne Knight? Yeah, Wayne Knight is Newman. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it is. That's cool. For a blue and a white, you may cast this instant to counter target non-creature spell, and your opponents can't cast non-creature spells this turn. Oh, it's non-creatures. I thought it was just they can't cast spells. It's like not even it was that good. actually silence stapled yeah. to this. No. I love the flavor text. Uh-uh-uh. Uh, uh, uh. That's what it is, right? Oh, yeah. You didn't <laughs> say the magic word. This card is a stinker. I think it's a trap. It's so it's close. A trap. It's a trap card. So it's a trap. If we were playing Yu-Gi-Oh, it would be purple, and it would be a trap. I think I like Dovin's Veto more than this. A lot more than this, And I actually. don't like Dovin's Veto. The problem is that normally what you want to counter is, like, the final thing like the nail in the coffin for that deck so when you get rid of it now it doesn't matter that they can't cast any more non-creatures because you've already stopped them yes there, there will be situations where you can like get them and by get them i mean like so say you know they have ad nauseum and they cast the mana crypt and you counter the mana crypt and then they can't cast the ad nauseum afterwards but like you would just rather have a one mana spell that could just counter the ad nauseum instead so the moments where you'll be able to feel smart and get them you'd probably just be able to you should be able to just do something else and better if it was a better card right yeah, and and as we've said, like the whole um, your opponents can't cast non-creature spells, like that only works if it resolves, and if it resolves, then you've already countered the thing, so it's unlikely to matter in those instances. And that 
part of it also gets countered along with the rest of the spell if they have an answer. Yeah. So you'd rather just be spending the one mana and hoping you have another piece of interaction. I think 100% of the time, I would re just rather play Dovin's Veto. And I'm not at the point where I want to play Dovin's Veto anymore. Right. Yeah, I agree. All right. We're going to move into the artifacts then. Let's talk about this Altar of the Wretched thing here. I've never seen this card before. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. This is two and a black for... That's that's uh, the sign of a good content creator. <laughs> this uh, Altar of the Wretched is two in a black for an artifact that says when it enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a non-token creature. If you do draw X cards, then mill X cards where X is that creature's power. You can craft with one or more creatures for two and two black. Whatever that is. We'll get to that in a second. Yep. There's still more text. And then for two and a black, you can return it from your graveyard to your hand. Why so would they do that? There's no reminder text about what craft is what is the there's craft has a number next to it right you can oh, yep. for it two has a cost black. next to it yeah um yeah so you you craft it by sacrificing whatever it tells you to sacrifice and paying that cost the thing that i don't like before i even get to the back of this card because there is <laughs> still more the text, craft the means flip it into something else what i don't like when they do cards like this is because this is a new set for some reason there's so many new mechanics in the set i don't know if this is true but i feel like there are more than the normal Normal amount of new mechanics in the set because I am between maps, um, the cascade one, the permanence, in, yes, the permanence in graveyard one that we just talked about. Descend, yes. the descend. descend, those two sound way too similar. <laughs> That's true, actually. And now, this, the craft, like, I think it's just four, and normally new sets do get four mechanics, but these are all like big, lengthy, paragraph long mechanics. Like, normally, the mechanics are like tap to put a plus one plus one counter on the creature like outlast you know also, what i mean like yeah. they're very easy to understand and like is explore evergreen now because like we're just we're not getting that reminder text anywhere and that's don't one they that refer you to explore or, or is, doesn't that fall in the bucket of like deciduous mechanics is that I, what they call i them? think so that they can come back but they're not all the time yeah but not uh, yeah i guess most of the time they don't explore is an interesting one because it has so many actions and for some reason i also can't remember all of them all the time because explore is so many different things in its own right you know, maybe I shouldn't complain because way back in the day, they didn't explain banding well on the card. So maybe I don't need to know everything that it does on the card. We'll get there together with, with power of teamwork and friendship. But can we talk about the back of this card also? Because I've already forgotten what the front side of it does. Yeah, sure. So it flips into a wretched bone mass, which is a skeleton horror whose power and toughness are equal to the total power of exiled cards used to craft it. All right, we got a couple clues. Okay. We got a couple clues. Oh, so you can just craft, you can just ex exile whatever you want to craft it, I guess. Uh, well, whatever you, you need. The front cards side to craft is the, the good part of this card. You're sacrificing a Dargo and you're drawing seven cards. That's what we want to be doing. Um, with Lion's Eye Diamond, I believe, what's the activation ability? What's the cost in the front to return from your graveyard to your hand? It is two and a black. It's two and a black. Look at that. Isn't that great? So with Lion's Eye Diamond, you can like return it back to your hand with that ability. Maybe if you have one other piece like Bergie or something like that so you can loop dargo and you can keep on going milling yourself and drawing seven and eventually you'll find like underbleach or something it does a lot of things that dargo is already trying to do i think this will see play in black red like dargo, dargo decks Icra dargo yeah. things like that yeah i don't know if it's gonna go down exactly 100 as you're saying it no but it won't. sometimes it definitely <laughs> won't but sometimes it could the fact that that's like such an like 
an, an easy combo that you can yeah. like interchange things that you're already playing in that deck. I think like if you have a way to bring Dargo, actually no, because Dargo, you just go back to your command zone very easily. So if you have a way to do this with, I don't know what I'm thinking. You need something to make red mana. Like a Bergy or like a Phyrexian, uh, no, because no, you, you have to sacrifice, like a Bergy would do it because every time Bergy you cast the Dargo, yeah. you'd make the red mana and then the sacrificing would pay for the two each time. So you'd be able to kind of loop through. Well, it, it brings it back to your hand, so you still need more mana no, to be able to play part. it. Uh, yeah, that's true. You still need to line. You, you'd yeah. be able to loop. Yeah, you would need the LED, but you would also need a breach. And if you already have LED and breach, like maybe you don't need this. This can help you find those pieces and then continue to use them because the draw seven. If you have the altars in play, that can also help you like just keep sacrificing Dargos to make more mana. So there's a lot of pieces that you need to have this be a loop, with. but it doesn't need to loop to be good. Like you can even just just one activation to draw seven mill seven is just that's going to feel like your brain freeze and your Jund Dargo deck. And yeah. that's going to feel really good. Yeah, I definitely agree. Brass's tunnel grinder is two and a red for a legendary artifact that says when it enters the battlefield discard any number of cards then draw that many cards plus one and at the beginning of your end step if you descended this turn put a boar counter on it and if there are three or more boar counters on it remove the counters on it and transform it and it transforms into a land that taps for red mana and says whenever you cast a permanent spell using mana produced by this land Tectalon, I think that's how you pronounce it. You get to Discover X, where X is that spell's mana value. Discover is basically Cascade, Cascade. except you have the ability to, instead of casting the spell, put it into your hand. And then the number value afterwards is uh, an X, so it's whatever the mana value is. It's that or less. So it's it's supposed to be fixed, but it sounds like a more broken one, because if you flip into a counterspell, you don't have to go... Oops, I lose it. I think it is a more powerful cascade most of the time. Depending on that value number afterwards, I think it is a more powerful cascade. Probably. Yeah. In general, I think the ability is a more powerful cascade. This card, I'm not positive on. In low-color red decks, maybe anything that can flicker stuff with like a meal. I don't know if you'd want to. This card just seems like it does a lot. It, it kind of draws you cards. It can get stuff into the graveyard. It can turn into a land. It can do a couple different things. I don't know. It is card advantage. I think if this card was good, it would be just about the first part because the boar counter is like you have to get to three, which is a big ask, and it's once per turn, so you're talking about three turns. And what I don't think sees a lot of play is Valakut the Molten Pinnacle, which is a land that has a flip side that does exactly this for exactly this mana cost. So I think since we don't see that, we're not going to see this. Unless you're looking for an MDFC-style situation, I think this is better than that. I wonder if you're playing like a reanimator style deck, if this is just like a more expensive faithless looting that's a little bit thicker. Maybe that's the kind of effect that you're looking for. It's yeah. just like a little bit of a thicker faithless looting. Yeah, by thicker, you mean three times as much mana. Exactly. Well, three like C's. a flashbacked faithless looting, which you're yeah. doing sometimes. I, all the time. I wish the boar counters were like pigs. Hmm. Okay. That'd be nice. Pigs in a tunnel. Is that from something? Pigs in a blanket. Like the little hot dogs. Mm, Don't you yes. think about pigs in tunnels a lot? No, I think about pigs no, in a blanket. I think about pigs in blankets consistently. Pigs in blankets can also be in tunnels. That's true. Chamil, the inner sun, is a six-mana legendary artifact that says spells can't be countered, and at the beginning of your end step, discover five. It says spells you control can't be countered, which is much better than spells can't be countered. That yeah. is very true. I don't know what deck wants this. Some big artifact stacks list. This card seems like it's just like a, a win condition that protects your stuff over time. It generates so much value. I don't know. Is it something? Does Magda want it? I think I've come to terms with Magda not wanting not it. Not wanting it. Because 
nobody's countering your Magda activations anyway. You're not, you're not casting spells when you're trying to win. No, the only two cards that are considered counterable are Magda and Dockside Extortionist, and everything else after that point you don't need to cast. And the six, it's six mana, right? It like, is six mana. You're not going to cast it for six mana and then cast the Magda. Like you want to have the option to find this, and then after you find it, you don't need the part that's good. That's the thing. Like I want it as something that Magda can go get for value, but I don't know a scenario where I wouldn't just rather have Portal to Phyrexia or any of the other ones that you're already playing. Close, but no cigar, I think. I think me. that's where this card comes it's down. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, but some maybe some weirdo deck would use this and it'd be great in. I just don't know what that deck is. Maybe more like Arkham Dagson, because that one, like, you can go get the specific artifact you need, but that one doesn't... That one still needs to, like, cast spells after it, go, it goes and gets its impactful artifacts. So I think maybe in, like, those kind of niche big artifact decks. Yeah, I can see that. The Grixis Mishra, if that ever sure. becomes a more popular thing. What yeah. about, like, Paco and Holiday, if you're taking a bunch of turns and you get more of that discoverer like yeah more steps i don't know i feel like you want just another extra turn spell instead of this Man. fringe decks fringe decks who Narset. cares who this cares? thing can whatever. also discover you into your extra turn Narset. spells though too so Narset, whatever and yeah, move right. on. <laughs> dino dna is one mana for an artifact that has imprint for one and tap it you can exile a creature card from a graveyard at sorcery speed for six mana you can also create a token that's a copy of target creature exiled with dino dna except it's a six six green dinosaur creature with trample activate at sorcery speed I should have just said it's also a colossal dreadmaw in addition to its other types. It's a Dockside combo. It combos with Dockside if Dockside makes seven and just mono red and beyond, which we don't have yet. Uh, otherwise, we needed extra creatures before this with Cloudstone Curio and stuff like that in like very, very low colors. So that's neat. The only thing I don't love is that Dockside's a lot harder to get into the graveyard and exile it than it is to work with in play. So you have to work a little bit harder. That's true. That's true. Um, but if you gamble for Dockside and then pitch it into your graveyard, you just set up the combo really easily That's for great. yourself. So yeah. <laughs> Mono Red Infinite Mana, here I come. There we go. Pretty few actual use cases, but high potential. Maybe over time, the six sixes, the six sixes that it makes will be relevant. Probably not, but maybe. I will say this one and the altar are both cards that I'm really excited for in Henzi, but Ooh, okay, casual. Yeah, a lot of good casual cards in this set. Yeah, Holy hell, a lot of bangers, good casual yeah. cards. But we don't play casual. We don't play casual. Make ever. no mistake. Make never none. I've never done it. Dusk Rose Reliquary is a white mana for an artifact that says as an additional cost to cast the spell, sack an artifact or a creature. It has ward two. And when it enters the battlefield, exile an artifact or creature and opponent controls until Dusk Rose Reliquary leaves the battlefield. Portable hole sees a small amount of play in some Mardu decks and in Oswald decks. I think this is kind of similar. This is a one mana, catch a lot of stuff. Maybe you can uh, use that sacrifice thing to your uh, to your own ability, like for stuff that you want to happen. Yeah, I think you have to want the sacrifice in order yeah. to want this card. But Well, I mean, even if you just want to get rid of a Grim Monolith or a Mana Vault too, like your mono white decks are playing that. So if you were playing the like portable hole, I think this is just better enough considering that it hits things no matter what their cmc is yeah so as long as you are in a mono white scenario where you're okay sacking an artifact or a creature that's not getting you any real value anymore maybe that's worth it but you kind of need all the permanents you have access to in mono white yeah that, that make, kind of makes sense i don't know it's close i think can we pause real quick i just realized the vampire that makes tokens whenever someone plays a creature artifact 
That was a creature shoot. We should. Oh, that's that a Winota card. Charismatic Conqueror. So this is one and a white for a vampire soldier. That's a 2-2. Two, two. It's got vigilance. And whenever an artifact or creature enters the battlefield untapped and under an opponent's control, they may tap that permanent. And if they don't, you get a 1-1 one, one white vampire creature token with lifelink. Creatures that are armies in cans are creatures that I'm looking for a lot of the time. I think Winota can use this. I think low color stacks decks might want to use this. I think this is going to come up a lot more often than it seems. Like the ability for them to, they're not going to want to tap their thing. They're going to want to use it so you can make a one one it's going to happen a lot and eventually those one ones are going to add up i think this card's something i think if you're playing like a tavesh style stack stack this is probably where i want it like a deck that's already going to be playing skull clamp or something like that i don't think i'm just going to throw this into any stack stack i think the three mana thalia even at one mana more is enough better with its utility and not giving your opponents a choice where i think in like a more true stack side deck i want that but if i want to play a winota deck that wants to snowball a bunch of non-human creatures to give me triggers i think i'm a little bit more interested in something like this i agree i think you want to be able to use those one ones strongly and if you can do that then maybe this is an option let's talk about our final card here the only enchantment this is spelunking this is two and a green for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you draw a card, and then you may put a land card from your hand into play. If you put a cave onto the battlefield this way, you gain four life, and it says lands you control enter the battlefield untapped. Oh, this does something different than I thought it did. So it's not very good. It's terrible. I saw Gavin tweeted the other day, like, I love cards that just say, like, the, uh, explain the rules. Like, it just says lands enter the battlefield untapped. Untapped, yeah. They that do is that nice. normally. That's just what, that's, that's what lands do. I thought this had lands your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped for some reason, but this does the opposite. No, yeah. The exact opposite of root maze and not a root maze thing. Well, that's a good way to end the podcast, I think, on, like, a, a questionable mistake Does this card. not, like, overwrite things that say they enter tapped? I think it would overwrite them, yes. That's the point, Yeah, right? that's the point. Yeah, that's yeah. the point. I just think it's yeah, funny that, that, that's why it's bad is yeah. because like, like that, then you have to good. play tap yeah. lands in your deck and that sucks cave is the fifth mechanic that they added oh, here too is, yeah. i'm counting cave as a mechanic because it's an it's a new card type basically not a new card type it's a new subtype it's a new that's a that's a type that's still a type no a card type is what is it what tarmogoyf cares about yeah but i put an apostrophe in front of when i said type you just didn't see it uh, oh, like no. a type yeah a silent apostrophe a silent apostrophe no i announced it <laughs> <laughs> it's just silent. what size yeah. does an apostrophe make Cameron <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for watching or listening if you'd like to support us directly you can do so on Patreon like our $100 patrons Mark Cirillo Alan Budden lowercase Zachary Nelson she doesn't even go here Joey Aaron SoCal Acura Stormageddon Luke Cook AJ Alwosabi Kylock Demon of Rosgrease Uncle Butts Kawaja A. Hamid Lauren Connell and Baby Jeebus if you'd like to pick up any merch, please go to playtowinmtg.com. Another huge shout out to our sponsor, Dragon Shield. You can use the code PLAYTOWIN5 at the affiliate link down below for 5% off to help support the show. Check out our social media on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks for watching. See you next time. Twitter. And listening. What? Bye. Tyler. Malcraft, Focus Lamia, Jabaha, Dalton Potit, Kadanis, Lutri's Dad, Mitchell Shepard, Justin, Mansolo, Pedro, Jacob Depp, Michael Ballou, Jan Wildfang, Thomas Bueno, Swampy McGee, and David Nelson. I think I'm going to trim this down a little bit. We've been talking for a little while. Yeah, there was a couple moments where we had to look for cards and shit. Yeah. Dude, I still want to know what that fucking noise was. That guy <laughs> just screamed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, it sounded so much like an old man.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.